Bibles to First John chapter three. First John chapter three, verse one and two. First John chapter three, verse one and two. Amen. Good to see everyone. Amen. Sister Maddie, good to see you. Sister Passy, don't worry, God's got your back. He's proven that over and over. Amen. If I ever hear you doubt God. I'm going to give you a hard time because he's always been there for you. You know that. Amen. He's going to do it, and he will do it, and he will do it. Trust him, and he will do it. Amen. First John chapter 3. Amen. As Brother Tom mentioned, I had the privilege of being in an apostolic conference in Madison, Mississippi. And uh, what a conference it was. It's just a wonderful thing to just have the opportunity to be among people that are hungry. Your hunger determines what you receive. I heard one preacher says that one of the reasons why he loved to be at Apostolic Conference, one of the preachers that ministers there, is because the people that are there are hungry. Hunger and expectation really changes the game. Hunger and expectation really changes the game. If we just do what we always do and make it status quo, then you just won't receive what you could possibly receive. But when you're hungry and when you expect, God will. Amen. God says, come to him as little children. He also says, have faith. And if we come to him like little children and have faith, he will not disappoint God will not allow you to come to him in faith and disappoint you. He can't. Faith is what activates God to do what he does. So we will come in and have great expectation of what God will do. God will do some great things. Amen. John chapter 3, verse number 1, the scripture says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us. That we should, somebody say should, be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now, what we normally do when we read scripture, we pick out the scripture portion that sounds right, make us feel good, get us really encouraged, and we leave the other portion. But remember what we just read, it's all together. And we're going to have to accept all of it together. Not the part that says... We shall be like him. I know we way ahead of ourselves. And we're thinking about how we shall be like him. Before we become like him, there's some other things that must happen before we become like him. I, I want us to stay right there first before we you know, get excited about how it will be eventually. Hallelujah. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're so grateful to be in your presence. We're honored, Lord God, and privileged. As your children, we pray, O God, that the Spirit of the Lord will have preeminence in this place. Father, I surrender 
we surrender. We submit under your authority because there is no other authority but yours. Demons tremble at your name, Lord God. And so all power, all authority is given in, unto you in heaven and in earth and under the earth. There is no other authority. There is no other power but you, Lord. And so we surrender and submit under your authority. And Lord God, we want your will to be done. We will, oh God. Allow your spirit to do what it needs to do in us. Lord, we pray that there will be divine interventions. That, Lord, you'll receive our worship. And that, God, we will not leave this place the same way we came in. I pray for a change to take place deep down within us, Lord God. Let this not be just another time of coming together. Let this just not be another day of meeting together, Lord. But I pray in the name of Jesus Christ uh, that this day, Lord God, will be a day we remember. Because change would have come to us we give you praise and honor and we ask you these things in jesus name somebody say in jesus name amen you may be seated in the presence of the lord you can give this message a whatever title you want to give it i gave it a title and the title i gave it was we shall be but you can give it whatever you want to give it this morning However it ministers to you, whatever it says to you, you can label it that way. And so we want you to hear what the Spirit is saying to your heart this morning. Whether we are, whether we believe it or not, we will not continue to remain in the state that we're in forever. Right now. The state that you're in right now. You will not stay in that state forever. <laughs> Whether it's in the natural or in the spiritual, the state that we're in right now, we will not remain there. I know for me, for the little time that I've been on this earth, I can look back and I don't know, I guess some of those that are older than me can tell me, the older you get, the more you start inquiring back about when you were younger. Start going back. Start taking a trip down memory lane and remember what it used to be like. Some of your experiences and now look where you are. And so it's, it's, it's obvious we're, we're not going to stay in the same state that we're in forever, whether in the natural or the spiritual. The one that we probably want to be more concerned with is the spiritual because if we're not in the place where we need to be spiritually, we're not going to stay there and for good or for bad, we will not stay there. The highest form of love God could have shown us, he did. We are as poor orphans with no parents, no home, no hope, no love. And on top of it, we're not even good people. Amen. Orphans. Orphans want a home. They want to be loved. They want to be cared for. And so they tend to at least try to put their best foot forth. That somebody will like them. Somebody will want to take them in. Somebody will want to care for them and love them. 
But we, on the other hand, we may not see ourselves this way, but I'm telling you, without Jesus, we're like orphans. We're poor orphans with no parents, no home, no hope, no love, and not good. Yet the Almighty God poured out his love upon us. That's where it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us. We just need to stop there for a second and think about that. That we're not lovable because we haven't loved the Father. We, we, we haven't shown him love. We, we haven't re- respected him like we should have. And we, we, we haven't treated him uh, the way we should treat him. But no matter what and no matter how we've treated him, the Father has poured out his love upon us. We're people without a home. We're, we're people that have no hope. We're people that, that, that don't have people really loving us. And... God still poured out his love upon us. We need to understand this. Without God's love, we don't stand a chance. Without God's love, we don't stand a chance. And for me, a lot of times, I don't even go too much further into the, the, the word of God. Just knowing that God has poured out his love upon us. That, that to me is just amazing because I realized uh, I did not do anything to deserve it because I wasn't good. I realized that I didn't have to receive his love or he didn't have to give me his love, but he did anyway. And just by knowing that and understanding that I, I want to reciprocate something to him. That's why the Bible says that we love God because we ought to start responding in a different way, knowing that the Father has poured out his love upon us. We ought to start responding to God just knowing how much he loved us because he did not have to love us. If you really understand love, you really understand that love is a choice. Love, if there's any form of force that's involved in what you call love, it cannot be love. So love is the choice. When you decide to love somebody, it's not because they're your children. It's not because you just love them because there are people with children that they they might say they love them, but how we treat people determines how we love them. Uh, yeah, we like to say we love. But I'm going to weigh that every time. How we treat one another will determine if what we say is really true. How can you say that, preacher? For God so loved the world. That he just chilled in heaven and just kept telling us he loved us. He so loved us that he just said, they'll be all right. I love them anyhow. No matter what, ah, they'll be all right. He loved us so much that he just let us be. He just kept telling us he loved us, just letting us be. Is that what he did? But we say we love. And we just say we love. Uh-huh. 
We're not capable of doing enough good works to deserve God's love. Coming to church don't qualify us to receive God's love. Uh huh. Reading your Bible don't qualify you to receive God's love. God said, whether you read your Bible or not, whether you come to church or not, I love you. Hmm. Isn't he something? Whether you obey him or you don't obey him, God say, I love you anyhow. And it wasn't just lip service because the Bible says he so loved the world that he came into this world and gave his life for this world. He gave his life for every one of us. The people that were living at that time and the people that weren't even born yet, which including us. And so we can't do anything to earn God's love. Somehow we got to realize, help me Holy Ghost, we got to realize that living for God is not a thing where you're earning something. You don't do anything as a child of God to earn anything. But at the same time, you can't just live rejecting his word and expect for things to happen that flows from him in your life. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And so the love that God has shown us, it just makes me just stop sometimes and just says, any time I start to think of his love, I just got to take a pause and just begin to worship him. I I heard this song over the past few days at this conference, and you always hear songs of different, this is one of the good things about going to conferences, you'll hear a song that you haven't heard in a while, or whatever the case may be, and I heard this song that's just talking about how much God loves us, and how we should love him. I can't get it out of my mind, that song, how it just says, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Because when you realize how much God loves you, it should just automatically just move you to say, God, I love you. Because I know the love that you have for us is so pure. The love that you have for us is not tainted. The love that you have for us is not conjured up. It's a genuine, agape, free-flowing love that you have for us. And just to know that he has our best interest at hand at all times because he loves us. I just want to worship him, God. I worship you. I worship you. If you don't understand that you didn't have to be here today, you could have been dead and in your grave or in the presence where there's torment going on, but God reached and kept you because of his love. And because of God's love, what am I doing? If God so love us, what are we doing? Are we going to love him back? You answer this question. How do you show love to someone you love? What do you do when you say you love them? And if you say you love Jesus, what should you do if you love Jesus. Is Jesus to you 
just one that you look to when you have need? Come on. Yeah, sugar daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is Jesus just a sugar daddy? Or he is the love of your life? Amen. Mm. Our actions need to be examined to say, do we love God? And if we do, how can we prove that we love God? If we know anything about God, we'll understand, Thursday night Bible study, come back. You'll understand that you can't just say something with no evidence. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. You can't say that. You can say it. But just understand, if you say something with no evidence, it's just you blowing smoke. If we say we love and there's no evidence of our love, then we're just talking. Because God said he loved and he proved that he loved. There's got to be some evidence when we say that we do. There's got to be some evidence when we say that we do. If I say that I love him, I'm not embarrassed to lift my hands and worship him and say, Jesus, you are the master and ruler of my life. If I love him, I have no problem beginning to just cry out to him and praising him and worshiping him and exalting his name because I love him. Why do you do it, preacher? Because I love him. Why do you do it, brother? Because I love him. Why do you do it, sister? Because I love him. When you love you just do stuff that, come on, how many times we've talked about this, that when people fall in love, they says love is blind. Because they're, what they're really saying in essence, when you fall in love, you're just a fool for that person. Uh, anybody a fool for Jesus? <laughs> anybody a fool for Jesus? <laughs> you, just, you just, I don't care what people, I'm just a fool for him. <laughs> oh my God. God's love for us caused him to do what was necessary. Remember what I told you the definition of love is. The definition of love is to do whatever is necessary to please the object of your love. And when I say do whatever is necessary, it has to be righteous because love is righteous. So when I say doing whatever is necessary to please the object that of your love, that's what love is. Because the love that I will always show you to understand why that's the definition. For God so loved the world that he gave. He sacrificed everything, everything to make sure the people who he loved was able to experience his love. And so when you say you love, what you have to say is, I will do whatever is necessary. Oh, my God. And for some of us, we have done whatever is necessary for little Susie. 
we've done whatever is necessary for little Johnny. We've done whatever is necessary for our little babies. We go to the extreme. We bend over backwards for them. And I'm asking you this morning, can you stand before God and say, God, just like I did for little Susie, I'm going to do for you. Just like I do for little Johnny, I'm going to do for you. Forget that. I got to do a little bit more than what I did for little Susie and little Johnny. I got to do more to prove my love to you. Not for you, but for me. Because God knows if you love him or you don't. But how am I going to give some evidence that I love the Lord? What's my evidence that I love the Lord? I'm just going to talk. Or I'm going to have some evidence. God's love for us caused him to do what was necessary. What was necessary? Calvary. Calvary was necessary. Calvary. Him giving his life so we can have the opportunity. I always say that carefully. Him giving his life so we can have the opportunity to become sons and daughters of God. Opportunity. It's the key word. Because he gave his life for the whole world. But I don't see the whole world running and rushing into the church to say, I, Lord, want to give my life to you because I know you have given your life for me. Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. By the way, sons, daughter, same thing. It's children of God. That key word there, should, we need to look at. Should is used in that tense to represent a condition. So it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father had bestowed upon us, that we should, that we should be called. There's a condition for us to be called Sons of God, daughters of God. There's, there's a condition. We, we just don't get called sons and daughters just because God loves us. Uh, God loves us so we are his sons and his daughters. No, there's conditions. We have our own way of how we think, but let's worry about what God is saying and not what we think. It's not automatic that because he loves you, you just become his son or daughter. No, sir. No, ma'am. There's a condition to becoming a son and a daughter. John chapter 1, verse number 10. Man. It says in verse number 10, he, talking about Jesus, was in the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. Huh. He was in the world. The world was made by him and the world did not know him. The world did not understand him. The world did not embrace him. The world that he made did not 
understand him. The world that he made did not embrace him. He came unto his own. The family that he selected that he will come through, the Jews. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. As much as he poured out his love, oh, help me, Jesus. Upon them, they still didn't receive him. Remember, I've been telling you, nothing really changes us. Except we start knowing and understanding who God is. That's what really changed us. Because here he is showing love like he's never shown upon the Jewish nation. He has done everything for them in the past. Got them out of slavery. Blessed them. Still blessed today. And then he came as he had promised that I will be your Messiah. And he came. And they still didn't accept him. And so we need to put ourselves in that predicament. Has God shown his love to us? Uh huh. Have we accepted him? Huh? God has shown his love to us, but the question is did we do like the Jews did and not receive him? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believed on his. But as many as received him, as many as received him, oh my God, as many as received him. Hmm. I'm going to give you. I'm going to help you with that in a second. The first condition to becoming a son of God is to receive Jesus Christ. Yeah, be careful now. What does receive really mean? Does it mean I make a proclamation that I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? That's probably where some people have gotten that. I make Jesus Christ my Lord and Savior. And we think that we become sons and daughters. That seems pretty simple. To become sons and daughters. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. That word receive. Dig a little deeper now. That word receive means to take hold of. Hmm. You got to take hold of something. When you receive something, you got to take hold of it. How many times I tell you, if I have a $20 bill up here, if you, you can see it and acknowledge that it's a 20, but if you don't come and take hold of it, you don't have it. I have it. I have hold of it. And if you don't come and take it from me, you don't have it. But whoever have hold of it, they have received it. So receive is not just me confessing or declaring some words. Receiving is me taking hold of something and say, this belongs to me. This is mine. If Jesus is going to be your Savior, if Jesus is going to be your God, you got to take a hold of this thing. you got to handle this thing for this thing to work for you. Yeah. 
Ah. I remember in, in the book of Luke, uh, he told, he told them, he says, when he was trying to let them know it was him, Jesus, and he had the nail scars hand, the nail scarred hands and the, and the feet that had nails in it. He says, feel me, touch me and handle me. God wants us to handle him. If we're going to receive him, we can't stay far off and receive him. If we're going to receive him, it's an up close thing. It's a, I take hold of this. I handle this. That's how we receive him. Receiving him make me think of Jacob. That's what received making me think about Jacob. Jacob wrestled with that angel of the Lord. And the angel of the Lord says, the break of day is coming. Let me go. And Jacob says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I'm not going to let you go. And Joseph, Jacob had some strength that probably he didn't even realize he had. But when you realize how desperate you need God, when you realize how desperately you got to grab a hold of him and handle him, you say, God, I can't let you go until something change in me. I can't let you go until something break in me. I can't let you go until you move in me. I can't let you go, God, until until something becomes different. I need to have the strength to go on, God. I can't let you go. Oh, somebody need to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. We need to get a spirit like Jacob had and say, God, I just can't let you go. I need to take hold of you and I won't let you go. I need to take hold of you and handle you, God. This thing is not passive. It's, it's not passive. It's not something that you just, just say out of your mouth. God deals in evidence. God deals in uh, things actually happening, not just saying things, uh, not just confessing things, uh, but doing something. Uh, and if we say we, we, we receive God, uh, it has to be something where we take a hold of Him. Uh, it has to be where we grab on to Him uh, and begin to let Him know, God, I receive. I'm here. I'm not letting you go. I'm not letting you go. We got to receive him. And so today, Jacob wrestled with the angel of the Lord. The disciples had Jesus in their presence. Today, we don't have the angel of the Lord that we're going to wrestle with. Unless if he shows up right now, then we'll grab a hold of him, right? Uh, we, we don't have Jesus in our presence to wrestle with. But the Bible says in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And if we're going to receive him today, uh, we're going to have to grab a hold of the word of God. We don't have the physical Jesus here on earth with us. We don't have the physical angel with us right now to wrestle with. But Brother Bob, if we will grab a hold of the word of God and wrestle with that, if we will grab a hold of the word of God and begin to handle it, then we receive God Almighty. 
the way we're going to receive him is grabbing a hold of the word. The word is not just something we read. It's not just a storybook. But the word is the almighty God. It's the Logos. And when we grab a hold of it and begin to handle it, we're handling God. We're receiving God. But if we just read it and think it's some good reading and a good story, we're not handling. We're not receiving God. We got to handle the Word of God. We're just reading the Word of God. And look for the passage that we need that make us feel good. Yeah. We, 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 we go straight to that passage. God will never forsake us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. And and then and, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And then we say, all things work together for good to them that love God. We go and search out those scriptures uh, because they make us feel good uh, when, we're, uh, when we're out and when we're down. We go and search out those scriptures. Uh, but all the scriptures uh, are for us. Not just the ones that make us feel good. Uh, the ones that challenge us. Uh, the ones uh, that, that gives us a hard time. Uh, all scriptures are for us. We can't just pick out the good ones. We got to pick them all because they're all the Word of God. We shall be. But we got to receive Him. And I don't know if we received Him yet. I, I don't know if we received him yet. I, I know that we, 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 we like him. I, I know that we, 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 we know he, he does things for us. But I don't know if we receive him yet. Mm, Holy Ghost. The person that you love, you know the side of them that you don't like and the side that you like. And when you choose to love them, guess what? You accepted both sides. We better get like that with God. That's what I'm here to tell you. We better get like that with God. I know everything about the Word of God don't make us feel good. I know everything about the Word of God is not telling us what we want to feel like. But we better accept everything about God. Because everything about Him is right. Everything about Him is pure. Everything about Him is holy. Everything about Him is love. And if we will accept it no matter what, it will do wonders to us. we got to accept God. Receive everything about him not just the things that feel good not just the things that feel good you know the person you know all their bad habits yes you do but you love them anyhow because you're still there with them you know all the stuff I hate when they do this I hate when they do this I hate when they do this They might chew crazy, chew their food crazy. Oh, Lord, can you chew a little different? Don't change your love, though. Don't change your love. Well, don't change upon Jesus. The only way we can take a hold of him is going to be to handle his word. That's the way we will take a hold of God is to handle his word. He's not here so we can see him, but we can handle his word. After you receive his word, after you receive him. The second condition is he gives power to you to become the son and daughter of God. 
Once you receive him, oh, somebody help me this morning. It's so clear. Once you receive him, handle his word. Once you receive him, obey his word. Once you receive him, believe his word. Guess what? He will give you power. Now, the Bible speaks of two kinds of power. The Bible speaks of dudamous power. That's just like power, explosion, force, whatever you want to call it. Just force, power, strength. That's the dudamous power. This power that it's talking about is power, exousia power. That kind of power is not like dudamous power. What it's really saying is when you receive him. Handle his word, obey his word, believe his word, it enables you. If you really get that one, it says when you receive him, he gives you power. But what he's saying is when you receive him, he will enable you to become sons and daughters of God. It means you can't become a son or a daughter without receiving him. And that's when you have the capabilities, the, the ability to become a son and daughter. There's a lot of things that we would like to do in church when we sit in church, when we read the Bible. However it is, there's a lot of things we want to do that the Word of God says we need to do, and we can't do it. And we wonder, why can't I do this? I want to stop doing this, or I want to start doing that. And we're wondering why we cannot do it. Well, let me give you the secret this morning. It's because we're not handling the Word of God. Bob, if we want to really do what God wants us to do, it's going to be by the Word of God. We have to handle that word. We have to believe that word. We have to obey that word. And God promises that when we do that, the word will enable us. The word will make us. The word will do something in us that we're able to do things we ordinarily can't do. We want to do stuff, and we want to get right with God, and we want to live right, but we got we to gotta receive Him. we got to receive the Word. You're weak when you're not receiving the Word. You have no power when you're not receiving the Word. You can't do nothing when you don't receive the Word. What do you need? What are you struggling with? What are you concerned about? What are you fussing about? What is it that's giving you a hard time? Just begin to think about it and then pray and go to the Word of God. And whatever the Word says, won't you handle it? Whatever the Word says, won't you believe it? Whatever the Word says, why don't you obey it? And you will be empowered. Empowered. Oh. God help us. Oh, yes, Lord. You want to be empowered, it got to be by the Word of God. You want to be empowered, it's going to have to be by the Word of God. You can't do it on your own. The preacher can't do it for you. 
Your mom can't do it for you. Your daddy can't do it for you. Your good sister in church can't do it for you. Your good brother in church can't do it for you. You have to handle the word for yourself. You have to believe it and obey it. And the word will enable you. The word will empower you to do what you need to do. God, I need to, I, I need to, Lord, pray more. I, I need to pray more, God. Uh-huh. I remember, I, I remember the Lord said to Peter, or the Lord just quoted in the scripture, he says, the spirit is willing. Uh-huh. And so if I can't pray, something is up with my flesh. Yeah, if I'm having a hard time praying, something is up with my flesh. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I got to do something about that. I got to do something about that. And so I got to figure out what's wrong. Am I always tired? Or do I have energy for other things, but I don't have energy for God? You know, what's going on with me? You got to, it's a fleshly thing. If you can't pray, it's a fleshly thing. Yeah, deal with the flesh and say, flesh, I need to pray. And you're getting in the way. It's a, it's a fleshly thing. Uh-huh. When you start feeling, when you don't feel good in your body, you got to exercise. <laughs> well, if you need to pray, uh-huh, it starts with a physical thing. It, 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 mortif- it, 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 it metamorphs into a spiritual thing, but it starts out as a fleshly thing. Because if you, if, 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 if you listen to your flesh, your flesh is going to just make you not pray. So you're going to have to deal with the flesh so you can overcome that and start praying. Because once you start praying, then it can become spiritual. But if you just let the flesh get its way, you will never pray. It will stay natural. It will stay carnal. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so the power that the Bible is talking about wasn't power to, you know, to lay hands on people and things just happen. It wasn't power to, for the gifts of the Spirit to operate. It wasn't that kind of power. It's power that enables you. So when you hear, and, and to them that receive him, gave he power, gave he them ability, gave he them uh, um, empowerment to, to be able to do what needs to be done. It's by the word of God that we're able to be empowered. Mm. The word of God taking a lot of different directions. Oh, my God. The word of God will take you into the directions that you need to go. The word of God empowers us when we believe it, when we obey it. Angels will minister to you when you believe and obey the word of God. My God, help us today. Corinthians Second Corinthians 6, verse 17 says, Wherefore? All right, I got 10 minutes. 15 minutes, I'll be done. <laughs> I just mean 10 minutes to finish that and, you know, five minutes for altar call. <laughs> Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17 says this, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. I don't know if I can do that. Well, the word is going to have to empower you. Uh-huh. The word is going to have to constrain you. Then verse 18 says, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. Okay. So, 
in order to become a son or a daughter, what I got to do? I got to receive him. And receiving him means I got to handle the word, obey the word of God. Right? Obey it. Believe it. And so that will make me understand that I need to come out from among them. I need to be separate from unclean things. And I need to now cling unto the holy God that we say we serve. When we do that, he says, you are my sons and my daughter when you follow that. John chapter 3 verse 3 says, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. God is reigning in his kingdom, and all those that are in his kingdom with him are his sons and daughters. So here is the word. If I don't do it that way, then guess what? I'm not empowered to get stuff done. I'm wondering, why can't I do this? Because there's some things that I'm leaving out in the word. And the word we know when we receive, when we receive him, when we obey him, when we believe him, it empowers me to do what I need to do. And so when we're trying to be what we need to be in Christ. You wonder sometimes, how can they be big time preacher and this and that and, 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 and they don't see that. We can do, after a while, you can do the things of God from a carnal standpoint. You, you can study the word of God. That, that, that's probably one of the things I appreciated. Oh my God, I appreciated by the Apostolic Conference. Nothing carnal about it, man. I, Bishop Chester Wright was there and you know he was in our district and I went to him and I said, Bishop, Right. I got to ask you this question. I said, when you speak, I just feel like there is something that just transmit to my life when you speak. Like, like, like something happens and like you're not touching me. You're up there and I'm down here and you're ministering. But something transmit to me. What is that all about? There's something different. And he says, there's preaching. Then there's impartation. He says, some preachers, they minister and they impart things to you. You feel something transmitting to you. God is transmitting something to you. And there's other times where it doesn't happen. The first thing that is required for that is you've got to open up yourself. Yeah, that's right. If we just come and be stoic and don't open up ourselves to the Lord, impartation won't go on. Yeah. Amen. And so he said, yeah, that, that's what go on, goes on. Listen. You go to apostolic conference, there is so much operation of the gifts of the Spirit. It's ridiculous. You just think, if you don't know any better, you're going to think these people are spooky. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, you're like, what in the world? Let me get out of this place. These people are crazy. But no, it's, not, it's because we're not used to the gifts of the Spirit operating like that in some of our local churches. And so when these guys begin to minister, I mean, they have understood who they are in God. And so they allow God to operate in their life and begin to minister in ways that you would not even imagine. So I understand how you get empowered when you obey the Word of God. 
The difference between you and anybody else, because God loves us all the same, and he doesn't give anybody anything more or anything less. We all have the Holy Spirit if we have the Holy Spirit. He doesn't give you a little Holy Spirit and give me a big Holy Spirit. If it's the Holy Spirit, we all got the same measure of the Holy Spirit in us. The difference will always be who obeys the word more. That's the difference because that's what empowers you. So when you wonder, why is this person a little bit different? Somehow they have obeyed, they have believed, and they have carried out the instructions of the word of God. And so they're able to operate in the authority that God has given them. But God gave it to them through the word. Let me leave that alone and go back to this. And so, except the man be born again, he cannot enter. Jesus' instructions for being born again here was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Listen, either we're going to receive that or we're not going to receive it. That's just how it goes. Either you receive it or you don't receive it. You can argue it, but your arguing leaves you powerless. That's just a fact. So you can say whatever you want, but it leaves you powerless, which means whatever you think you can attempt to do, you won't be able to pull it off because you're not in agreement with God's word. You're not believing God's word. And that's our biggest struggle or challenge that we deal with is how we receive God's word. This is just about being born again. But there are so many instances in our life that says, how are we handling the word of God? Have we received the word of God? Do we believe the word of God? Are we obeying the word of God? Because if we do, we're where we need to be and we will do what God says we will do. If God says uh, you will be able to cast out demons, uh, if God says you will be able to lay hands on the sick and they will recover, guess what? It will happen. But the way it happened is by us believing uh, and receiving the word of God. God wants to do something in our life. I say it all the time. I said God is waiting for us. He's just waiting for us. Listen, sooner or later, it will pass us by because that's what we call grace. And, and, and so we're all in a position of grace, period. You know, it's, it's, it's the grace, time of grace. And God is waiting for us to trust his word, to believe his word, and to become doers of his word. Obey. He's waiting for us. And we, we think, me? I don't think I can do that. You, you're underestimating what God can do in you. You're underestimating where God wants to take you. You're underestimating who you are. And if you will just wake up and say, God, I am going to obey your word. God will take you into places where you never dreamed you would be. God will do things in your life you never thought you could do. God is waiting for us to receive his word. God is waiting for us to obey his word. God is waiting for us to just do what the word says. And we will be amazed. We're struggling for no reason. No reason. No reason. Because if we will just obey God's word, if we will just do what God says, we will walk in a different dominion. We will walk in a different different state of mind because we will know who we are and we will know what we're capable of and we will know what we can do. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. The devil is but a... Get out of here. The devil don't even matter. If you will be who you are, you will just kick him around. Get out of here. Get off my leg. You like a puppy dog. 
Let me give you one more thing about something I heard this week, these men of God. So there is a lot of demonic workings in Oklahoma. I didn't know anything about that, that till these guys told me. Um, a lot of Indians um, were, were killed in Oklahoma, but a lot still are there. Indians um, deals in witchcraft only from the standpoint is um, somehow they happen to be really spiritual people, but they're not following the Bible. And because they're not following the Bible, they begin to follow their own ways. And so that becomes witchcraft. So if, if naturally you, you are in tune with the spiritual realm, but you don't follow the Bible, you will become a crazy person, right? And so Indians, they, 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 they are somehow spiritually inclined. And so they're able to deal with the demonic world that most of us don't know about and won't even imagine. And so the, 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 the Indians would say they would see the little people. So the Indians, they see demons. And every time they see a demon, it's a short, little, stubby thing. Quiet now. There was never a demon that's big and strong. It was never. A de- it was always a little stubby thing, and so the Indians. It's normal around their their tribe to say the little people, and they all know when they talk about little people, they're talking about demons. They know demons are real. They deal. With, they deal with them all the time. Unfortunately, I mean, they deal in witchcraft though. So so they use all that. So 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 that's how they put curses on people. They'll send one of the little people to them. <laughs> y'all, y'all afraid of that stuff, huh? <laughs> They'll send the little people to them. My point of just telling you that is this. If you can understand who God is trying to make you be, those little peoples, those, those demons that you think have some kind of power, you'll realize they have no power over you. They can do nothing to you. You can walk around like the biggest and baddest thing in your city, in your home, wherever the job is. Whatever you don't like, you can stand up and prophesy and proclaim as a child of God. If you go to work and you feel uncomfortability at work, you need to stand up and say, According to the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, I command every spirit that is unclean, that is evil, to leave this place now. As a matter of fact, don't go anywhere. I bind you by the authority of the word of God and the power of the name of Jesus. I bind you and I cast you in out of darkness and I loose upon this place the power of God. And all of a sudden, peace. All of a sudden, peace. All of a sudden, everything is just right. All of a sudden, everything changes. Why? Because I handle the Word of God. Because I obey the Word of God. Do you understand God wants to take you somewhere? Do you understand that where you are, God is saying, that's not where I want you to stay. Where you are is not where I want you to remain. I've got great things in store for you. I've got things I want to do through you. Will you let me do what I want to do in you? I'm afraid. I am afraid that we don't trust God. And we don't allow God to do what he wants. And by default, we're going to find ourselves in really bad situations. Because the train is going to move on. And you're going to still stand where you're standing. Powerless. Helpless. Grace ran out. 
Grace is not forever. Grace is grace period. I can't tell it any better than that. Grace is grace period. God gives you a certain period of time and he gives you opportunity. He, he enables you as, over a certain period of time. And once that time run out, you're done. Now, I don't know when it's going to run out. God's not telling anybody when it's going to run out. But you won't have grace forever. We take grace to mean that we can live how we want and God will forgive us. We can do whatever we want and God forgive us. We take grace to just keep on doing some of the things that we like to do and think, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. When all it means is God is showing you grace. God is saying, I, I'm just not going to judge you now on this matter. But at some point, you're going to have to get moving. At some point, you've got to get going. And the only way we're going to get going, the vehicle that we're going to allow to take us, the Word. <laughs> the vehicle is the word. The Bible says, Jesus says, my word shall not go out and return unto me void. I got some revelation this week about that. God is the word. And so when he sent his word out to accomplish anything, the word is supposed to go and come right back to God. Right? He is the word. So he just let it go and do what it's supposed to do and come back with it. Well, when he sends the word out, if the word is supposed to deal with something in you, you're supposed to come back with the word. It, it goes out, and when it says it accomplishes, the accomplishment is did you receive the word? Did you handle the word? Because if you did, you'll come right back to God with it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So a lot of times God is sending out the Word. It's coming back. But it's supposed to accomplish something in you. Now, we might say, what does God mean it will accomplish? Guess what? Mm, this is scary. It's supposed to accomplish something in you, but if it don't, it still accomplishes something. It can be the determination if that you're going to live in eternity with God or not. It's still going to accomplish these things. What do I say? When, when, God, when God deals with us, it's just like a sermon get preached. I'm finishing up here. A sermon get preached. It's going to accomplish what God wanted to accomplish. I had to learn that as a preacher because as a preacher you want, did I preach? For the people to receive, did that make a difference? God said, you, you step aside. All I need for you to do, bro, is just open your mouth and speak what I tell you to speak. You, you're not significant around here. Step aside. That's what he's telling me, right? Step aside. You, you, who do you think you are? Just, just say what I tell you. That's it. Because if you obeyed it, it accomplished what it was supposed to do in you. If you don't obey it, it still accomplished what God wanted to accomplish, which is to go out to you. And if you, don't, if you reject it, then you're lost. So it's going to accomplish whatever God wanted to accomplish. It's, God has to be just. He can't judge you and never gave you an opportunity. Did you ever think about that? He can't begin to pronounce stuff on you and he never gave you a chance. Every time the word gets preached, that's your chance. Every time the word gets preached, that's your chance. You either decide to receive it or you can reject it. What did, he, what did the scripture say in the beginning, what, what we, we read in, in John? Some rejected him. 
It came to his own, and they received them not. But to them who received him, you see, you see, it's there. You can be like those that when the word came to them, Jesus Christ himself, they didn't receive him. And he says, hey, no problem. Somebody going to receive me. And when the word get preached, that's just how it works. Somebody will receive it. Some probably won't. But it's still accomplishing what God wants. Because when you stand before God, in order for him to judge you justly, he's going to have to say, didn't I speak to you on August the 5th at 1218? Didn't I talk to you? 12 o'clock, didn't I talk to you? 1145, didn't I talk to you? What did you do with that? And remember this. He said, when the rich man died, and the rich man said, that will you, I have five brothers, will you go and tell them that they need to live right so they don't come here? Jesus' response was, they have Abraham and all the prophets. Let me translate that to you today. God, you just got to talk to me. I'll talk to you if I want. And I'll talk to you, I won't talk to you if I don't want. But I've given you preachers. And they're going to preach my word. You have them. Hear them. Hear them. I determine if I want to talk to you directly or I don't. And I don't have to talk to you. I'm God. You don't, you don't dictate terms. God dictate terms. God, if you don't talk to me. Now, sometimes he's merciful. And he will. But you can't dictate that God talk to you. If he didn't have, if he didn't have preachers now, then he would have to talk to you. But he says, I've chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So we're going to be saved. We have to believe. Let me finish up here. Romans. eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, big capital S, Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received, again, here's that word, you have take hold of the spirit of adoption. When you obey the word, God will fill you with his spirit. That spirit will make you now, that word and spirit adopts you into the family of God. And now God becomes father to you. God ain't everybody's father. The word and the spirit makes you his child. And then now you know. Therefore the world knoweth us not. The world does not understand our principles. The reasons of our conduct. The sources of our comforts and joy. Listen. We cannot fit in with the world. And be sons and daughters of God. As a matter of fact. You need to start taking it personal. When somebody don't look at you and say you different. Uh, if everybody feel like if you never get one of that let me just say it like that if you never get one of he's different you don't, you don't look like everybody you don't talk like everybody it's it, it just it, it's something different about you if you don't get that then you you, you you might be too you might look too familiar to them the world did not receive Jesus and so if the world is receiving you, you're in a little bit of trouble. Amen. 
<laughs> that's, those are, that's his word. It's tough stuff, but I'm just telling you, it's his word, right? If, 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 if the world is like, you know, feel like you're friends with them and you and them just chill and cool and doing everything together, then, then, then you got a little bit of problem there. You're not being a, you're not a son or a daughter of God because God's children is going to be rejected by the world. They're not going to like, get out of here, man. You're not like us. You can't hang with us. That, that's how it works. So you have to ask yourself, am I fitting in with the world or not? And if you're fitting in too good with them, something is wrong. Something is wrong. People got to start saying you're different in every way, in every way, not just in one way, in every way. Mm-hmm. Jesus did not fit in with the world. And if you will become his son or his daughter, you will not fit in with the world either. Listen, stand to your feet. Here is where I'm finishing up here. We go back to the scripture we read in the very beginning, very beginning of our text where it says the part that you like, where it says, behold, that's John chapter three, verse two, behold, now are we the sons of God. You all like that. I like it too. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. It has not yet manifested, seen what we shall be. Can I tell you this little secret? This is why I made my title, We Shall Be. In between being sons and daughters and going to heaven, there's still some transformation that will be done. Read the text. Look down again. Or look up. I'm looking down. Now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be. So we're the sons of God, but there's still some more transforming that God wants to do in our life. We don't just become sons and daughters of God and we say, all right, I'm good. Everything is wonderful. I'm sons and daughters. No, it's still some things that God is trying to still work through you until he comes. When he comes, then we will totally be transformed like him and be like him and see him as he is. But as sons and daughters, there is this little window there still that God wants to do some things in our life. And it's up to us now to decide, am I going to let God do what he has to do in my life? So we can take the next five minutes. Five minutes to give ourselves to the Lord. To give him the opportunity to do something with our life. What do you want God to do with you? It doesn't matter. It's what you will allow God to do in your life. I don't care what God does in my life. That's scary to think about. But here is, the, here is, here is what I've resigned to. God is scary to think about just saying, do whatever you want to do in my life. Because... You will cause us to deal with certain kind of things and go through this and do that. And that's scary. But what I do know is I can trust you. That's all I know. I'm probably not going to like what he's going to do. <laughs> You're probably not going to like what he's going to do. But all I know is I can trust him. All I know the end result will be great. All I know the end result will be good for me. All I know, the end result will give him glory. And so while I might be concerned about how 
and what God will do in my life. The process of how he works this. While I'm concerned about that, I trust him. And so I ask you today to take a moment to go before the Lord and say, God, whatever I shall be, will you do your work in me? Whatever I shall be, will you do your work in me? For God, I want to please you. Everything about me needs to please you. You love me with an everlasting love. You love me so much that you gave your life for me. And Lord, because of my selfish, fleshly nature, I have withheld so much back from you. But today, Lord Jesus, I understand your love. Today, Lord Jesus, I understand that you're working in my life and where I am today is not where you want me to continue to be. And so, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you will touch me in a powerful way, in a miraculous way, and that you will do your work in me. Do your work in us individually as well as collectively. Father, today we want to be empowered and we know we can only be empowered and enabled. Oh, God. By the word of God. And so, Lord, we declare today that we will believe the word of God. We will obey the word of God. We will do what thus saith the Lord, what the word of God is saying unto us. And I pray today, Lord God, that there will be a change, a miraculous change, a powerful change that will take place in our heart and in our mind. That we will never be the same again, Lord God. Today, Lord Jesus... Ah, Today, Lord Jesus, I pray and ask, oh God, that you will touch us individually and that the will of God will be done in our life, almighty God. Lord Jesus, will you break the stronghold that is in our life, Lord God. Whatever the hindrance is in our life, oh God, will you break that stronghold, Lord God. Will you deliver us, Lord God. Will you heal us, almighty God.